0: Hi, I'm Arun George and you're listening to Three Things, the Indian Express News Show. In today's episode, we're looking at why a federal investigation agency is trying to attach former Chief Minister Farooq Abdullah's house in Kashmir. Then, we're looking at the Prime Minister participating in an event related to farmers on the 25th of December. But first, we're looking at whether two of Tamil cinema's biggest stars could come together to form an alliance ahead of the state elections. Tamil cinema star Kamal Hassan, who also heads the Makkal Nidhi Mayam political party, hinted at a possible alliance. But not just any political alliance. It would be with another giant of Tamil cinema, Rajnikanth. On Tuesday, Kamal Hassan said that Rajnikanth was fighting for a change in the state of Tamil Nadu, just like him. However, he pointed out that Rajnikanth hadn't revealed the ideology of his party and would wait for him to reveal more. Kamal said they were just a phone call away and if it was feasible to work together, they would definitely consider it. Rajnikanth announced his intention to contest the 2021 state polls but has left the bulk of the details to be decided later. The two stars have starred in over 10 films, including a Hindi film with Amitabh Bachchan in which they apparently didn't share any screen time together. But can they come together for the elections? And would them coming together worry other established parties? To answer these questions and more, we are now speaking with Arun Janardhanan, who covers the state of Tamil Nadu for the Indian Express. Uh, Arun, since we last spoke, we've had Rajnikant declare that he's creating a political front and he'll reveal details in the days to come. But how far ahead has he gone since that?
1: Nothing major so far. The next announcement is supposed to come on December 31st. And on December 31st, he will announce the date for his party launch. So it is expected sometime after January 16th. Otherwise, we cannot see any groundwork, any kind of preparations from uh, Rajini Ghan's camp for his political entry. There are no preparations. There is no announcement of any key office bearers in uh, districts. Rajini is now busy with the shooting of his next latest movie. He was in Hyderabad for the last two weeks. And he hasn't traveled in the state. His party's name is set to be decided. The party symbol is set to be decided. He has to come out with a manifesto within a month. And that manifesto has to be a unique one, something beyond the kind of imaginations of the Dravidian parties. So when you look at the necessary mandatory preparations that is required for a political party, hardly anything can be seen in Dajinjian's camp right now. Um, so, we have
0: Kamal Hassan also, who's a big star from the Tamil film industry, who's also in the fray for the 2021 polls. Could you explain what Kamal Hassan's achieved in politics since taking the plunge a couple of years
1: ago? In fact, Kamal Hassan uh, has ended the politics after Captain Vijay Gandhi in 2005. So, after Kamal's entry, Kamal was never a Vijay Gandhi or a Rajini Gandhi in terms of, you know, the popularity or the kind of market he has in the industry. But of course, Kamal Hassan is a very senior actor and he commands that respect in the Tamil society. Uh, but of course, the fan base cannot be compared with Rajini So when Kamal Hassan, he was contested in 2019 Lok Sabha elections, he contested from almost all the constituencies and it was an individual party, his political outfit. And they got some 3.7% odd share. And, you know, he was projecting himself as a man to have a lot of projects and dreams for rural Tamil Nadu, he got maximum votes, you know, he he secured maximum votes from the urban centers, especially Coimbatore and Chennai City, the, the three constituencies in Chennai. And among these urban seats, you can see that, you know, Kamal got more than one lakh votes in each of these places, which are actually known for upper caste Hindus, Brahmins, etc. So that was the interesting part. If you look at Kamal's political entry, Kamal, he has been you know, projecting himself as a Dravidian left atheist and rational person in his ideological grounds. But of course, he had the advantage of his caste. He had the support of the upper caste community that he belongs to. So there was a sizable number of people ordered for Kamal Hassan. And he was almost the third in position uh, when you when you look at the urban odd base in Lok Sabha polls in 2019. Uh, so
0: now these two stars have been very cordial when speaking about each other. But what explains why Kamal Hassan is suddenly seeking an alliance with Rajni or even considering it now?
1: The 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 cordial remarks or gestures they exchange in public forums or even uh, personally also definitely there is a there is a mutual respect but. When it comes to the political friend, I really don't think it is a black and white situation. Rajinikanth fans, when we spoke to them, uh, Rajinikanth fans were very, very upset about the fact that, you know, Kamal even proposed such an idea because they were wondering, you know, how, how dare Kamal Hassan can propose, make such a proposal because these two actors, they, they consider, you know, they believe that these two actors are not same, you know, they're not equal. Rajinikanth is far, far beyond Kamal Hassan's political influence or Kamal Hassan's, uh popularity, so there is a problem. And of course, Kamal Haasan was never a closest friend of Rajinikanth because there are a lot of other people who are known for you know their access with Rajinikanth. For example, in DMK family itself, uh, you know Stalin's elder brother Alagiri is known as a Rajinikanth fan and he has a very personal connection. I mean that kind of a friendship with these two people, Rajinigandh and Allegri, And if you look at G.K. Vasan, the former UPA shipping minister and son of G.K. Mupanath. So G.K. Vasan is also a leader, a politician known to have very close links to uh, Rajinigandh, his personal world and, you know, that kind of a long, very old relationship. So if at all there are plans for Rajinigandh, I mean, to have more parties in his groups, it is seen like, you know, Rajinigandh is very unlikely to go for Kamala And it is a fact that Kamala Hassan made this proposal, but there is no response, there is no answer or any kind of reply to Kamal's proposal from Rajiniganth's camp.
0: You know, the actors' fans, as you said, have also largely been at each other's throats over the years over who's the biggest star. So, is such an alliance even feasible in such a scenario?
1: It is unlikely to be feasible if you go by uh, the kind of ideologies propagated by these two people. Why? Because Rajinikanth has been always soft towards Hindutva politics, even if he is not a RSS or BJP man, evidently, but it is evident that he has a soft approach uh, towards so-called Hindutva politics that is otherwise seen as a very problematic ideology in Tamil Nadu. But at the same time, Kamal Hassan is someone just opposite to Rajinikanth. When Rajini talk about spiritual politics, you know, Kamal will be talking about the fact that he's not a believer of God, that he is a rationalist. He's someone who has been flaunting a lot for his friendship with Kerala Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan. And there were extensive conversations with Kairali Channel uh, in Malayalam, in which Kamal replied in detail about his ideological grounds, which he admitted that it is left. And I think only once Kamal said that he would strike an alliance for the larger causes like I mean, if he gets to come to power and if there is a larger benefit for the society, maybe he can strike an alliance with anyone. But still, these two actors have not only in their acting, but in their personal lives also, they have very, very different uh, political, ideological approaches. And at the same time, uh, there are these ironies like, you know, the rationalist, the atheist Kamal Hassan getting a good number of votes from Mailapur which is known for upper caste Hindus or even Coimbatore where Kamal was actually stealing words from BJP's word base, the Hindu words. So that way BJP would be so happy when we spoke to a couple of leaders. They would be happy if these two actors joined together so that, you know, they actually make a third front stronger in Tamil Nadu, which they expect it would evolve eventually as a third front, a powerful front by 2026 with a larger nationalistic politics than the usual Dravidian politics in Tamil. And Kamal Asan,
0: apart from, you know, talking about this potential alliance with Rajnikanth, has also been trying to form other alliances in the state. How successful has he been in that regard? Uh, the problem with
1: these actors, including Rajnikanth and Kamal, is that, you know, they come with a claim that, you know, they are going to be the chief ministers of the state. So Kamal wants to be the chief minister. Rajni wants to be the chief minister. So that itself spoils the chances of any alliance with major potential allies. For example, in 2019 election, Kamal Hassan wanted to uh, get on board the DMK alliance and he would have even, even sacrificed the plan of chief minister candidate. But his demand for seats was huge. And DMK said no. And there were confirmed reports that how Kamal Hassan approached Rahul Gandhi, hoping that, you know, it would be a path for him to enter into the DMK alliance with the help of Congress. But DMK was very clear, you know, DMK told the, the Congress party that they don't have any problem with Kamal Hassan coming on board, but the number of seats to be shared with Kamal Hassan should go from the Congress share, not from the DMK's share. So that is how Kamal Hassan was forced to contest alone. But at the same time, what helped him to achieve 3.7% odd share was nothing but the fact that, you know, he had maximum number of candidates. Having maximum number of candidates, you get maximum vote percentage. So that has reflected in the election scenario. But otherwise, it is a very, very tough election. Electorally, it is very difficult for Kamala Hassan to achieve anything beyond a seat. Or at least even getting one seat itself would be very difficult for Kamala Hassan.
0: Before we get to the next segment, I just wanted your quick attention. One of the big reasons people say that they like this show is because it helps them understand the news better. It provides them with the context they need to see the bigger picture. And there's perhaps no other place that does this better than the Indian Express's Explained section. We on three things refer to the section regularly and it helps us make this show. If you're a regular reader of the newspaper, you know how useful the Explained section can be. Especially when you're looking for in-depth analysis by the right experts. You can log into IndianExpress.com/slash explained and access the coverage 24-7. Explained by the Indian Express. When news that matters is explained by experts who know the subject. Now back to the show. Now, our producer Anand Sharma examines a case that has sparked political uproar in Jammu and Kashmir. Last
2: Saturday, the enforcement directorate issued orders for provisional attachment of properties worth close to Rs 12 crore belonging to former Chief Minister of Jammu and Kashmir and National Conference Leader Dr. Farooq Abdullah. The orders were issued in connection with the money laundering probe into a case involving the Jammu and Kashmir Cricket Association or JKCA from the time that Abdullah headed it. This comes at a time when the District Development Council or DDC polls the first electoral exercise in JNK after the scrapping of its special status comes to a close. We talked to Deeptiman Tevari who covers federal investigation agencies for the Indian Express to understand the situation better. Man, let's start with some background into this whole controversy. What is the JKCA scam? Uh, that is the reason for sending this notice to Farrak Abdullah and What is his alleged role in it?
3: The JKCA case is basically related to alleged irregularities in grants given by the Board of Control for Cricket in India to Jammu and Kashmir Cricket Association. It was alleged that between 2002 and 2011, funds to the tune of around 43 to 44 crores of rupees were siphoned off from JKCA coffers. These funds were actually part of a total of rupees 112 crore that BCCI had given to JKCA as grants. There were allegations that during the tenure of faruq Abdullah as JKCA chairman, he made uh, certain appointments to the finance committee of JKCA, okay. a couple of people who were appointed by him. These people opened a flurry of bank accounts, even though JKCA had its own bank account. Yet some half a dozen bank accounts were opened in which funds were transferred from JKCA coffers to those bank accounts. Then these bank accounts were used to launder these funds allegedly. Almost 25 crores of rupees of these 45 crores, which were sized off, were actually withdrawn in cash, is the allegation by the Enforcement Directorate. The ED is alleging that all of these funds were basically not used for the purposes that they were meant for, and were used for the benefit of not only those members who were appointed in the finance committee, but also Dr. Farouk Abdullah. In fact, the case first came to light in 2012, and the local police first began investigations in it. But when for three years, it could not come to any conclusion, and the case could not be finalized, Then two cricketers went to Jammu and Kashmir High Court with a PIL. In 2015, the court ordered a CBI probe. And based on the CBI FIA, the Enforcement Directorate started its investigations into the matter. That's basically the JKCA case.
2: We asked Deptiman, what did the ED notice exactly say? And what is the connection of the notice with the JKCA scam?
3: The EDE notice is basically an attachment order. Enforcement directorate determines proceeds of crime, or what is proceeds of crime. Basically, when a crime of, say, corruption is committed, then a certain ill-gotten wealth is generated out of it, in the sense that you either take bribes or you kickbacks or you siphon off money. So the enforcement directorate, when during its investigation, establishes that, okay, there is a certain amount of money which has been generated out of a crime, then it has the powers under the Prevention of Money Laundering Act to attach that wealth, to attach that gotten money. Under this, the Enforcement Directorate has issued orders to attach properties belonging to Dr. Farouk Abdullah, and these include almost all his residential properties in Jammu and Kashmir. His most famous property on the Gupkar Road, which is his residence, where he was imprisoned for uh, more than a year when uh, the August 5, 2019 decisions were announced. Then he has a property in Jammu, in Sunjwan, which has also been attached. And there is another property in Tangmang, in Kashmir, which has also been attached. Then there are certain commercial properties on the residency road in Srinagar, which have been attached, and some land that the family holds across the erstwhile state. All these have been attached by Enforcement Directorate.
2: Deeptiman, what did the Abdullahs have to say about this attachment order? And did the NC give any official statement in this entire affair?
3: Uh, See, Omar Abdullah made a statement through a series of tweets on the day uh, these attachment orders were issued. Uh, one of his first grounds was that this entire thing has been first leaked to the media even before the notice has reached Dr. Farb So he was basically saying that, you know, this is some sort of a, suggesting that this was some sort of a vilification campaign. Then he said that the properties attached are largely ancestral, dating back to 1970s, and the most recent one was built in 2003. He basically argued that uh, there can be no justification for the seizures because they failed the very basic test of having been acquired as proceeds of crime. And he also added that the family was exploring all legal options and that they will go to a court of law and fight these allegations. The National Conference and all uh, Gupkar Alliance parties have alleged uh, that this is political vendetta. This has come right uh, during the GDC polls. And that the government is unnerved by Jammu and Kashmir parties coming together to fight against the BJP. And that is why these things are being done. Diktiman, do you think there
2: are certain reasons why the Abdullahs and the NC have called this a politically motivated move by the Bharatiya Janata Party?
3: Okay, first of all, the Abdullahs have denied this allegation, even when the case was going on in the high court. And uh, they said that uh, Dr. Farouk Abdullah had nothing to do with it. Let's also remember the circumstances in which the entire case unfolded. The national conference has also argued that, look, it was Dr. Farouk Abdullah who first called for an investigation into this entire episode. Uh, the case later went to CBI is another matter. Uh, the party has actually pointed out several times that the CBI filed a charge sheet against Abdullah. Weeks after BJP pulled out of the PDP government, Abdullah was first questioned by Enforcement Directorate right before August 2019 decisions were taken. Then ED again called him for questioning when the Gupkar Alliance issued a statement saying that you know the parties of Jammu and Kashmir come together and resolve to restore Article 370. Right after this, Abdullah was again called for questioning. So they say that the timing of all of this, and then his, uh, these attachment orders have come right in the middle of uh, DDC polls. So uh, they keep saying that the timings of actions of the central agencies are suspect and that they are being done basically because NC and other group car parties are basically opposing the BJP. That's their allegation.
0: Prime Minister Narendra Modi will have a conversation with farmers from six different states during an event on the 25th of December. The farmers are expected to share their experiences with various initiatives undertaken by the central government for farmers. The Prime Minister will be releasing the latest installment of the Pradhan Mantri Kisan Samman Nidhi or PM Kisan scheme at the event. The scheme provides 6000 rupees per year to an estimated 9 crore farmers in the country. However, this event comes Even as farmers' protests at the national capital's borders enters its fifth week with no sign of resolving the deadlock. On Tuesday, the Agriculture Minister had called for farmers' groups to decide the next date for talks. There have been five rounds of talks between the government and farmers' unions so far. The farmers' groups have maintained that their demand for the repeal of the three farm laws was non-negotiable. On Wednesday, representatives of farmers' unions urged the government to create a conducive atmosphere for a fruitful dialogue and to come up with better proposals.
2: We urge the government not to repeat those meaningless amendments which we have already rejected, but come up with a concrete proposal in writing so that that can be made an agenda, And the process of negotiation
1: can be started as soon as
0: possible. You were listening to The Three Things by The Indian Express. Today's show was written and produced by me, Arun George. And as always, was edited and mixed by our producer, Joshua Thomas. Before we go, here's another reminder to check out Indian Express's Explained page. You can log on to indianexpress.com forward slash explained and find in-depth analysis by the right experts. It has everything you need to know to understand the news better and see the bigger picture. If you like the show, then do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also recommend the show to someone you think will like it. Share it with a friend or someone in your family. It's the best way for people to get to know about us. You can also tweet us at Express Audio and write to us at podcast